Let me hear ya! All one! All two! All three! Take him out at the ball game! Toss a beer from the crowd! Wind up a fastball and whack his back! I don't care if the umpire gets tracked! So let's root, root, root for some blood sleep. If the match is all clear, it's a shame. For us, one, two, three teams knocked out at the old ball game. Welcome to Diamond Dust Ups. I'm Paul Gordon, former radio guy, current mushroom farmer, lifelong baseball denizen, and I'm joined as always by Travis Doyle, baseball coach, former baseball player. And we are here to talk about baseball turcations. It is our want, W O N T, our vocation, and our passion, amongst many other things. But uh, for tonight, and for your intents and purposes, uh, with regard to pure. Pro procuring, <laughs> procuring baseball history knowledge, specifically with regard to fisticuffs therein. You're in the right place at the right time, my friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh, our associate producer for the evening would be Buzzsaw, Buzzsaw, an, an American IPA from Arbor Brewing Company, uh, which is helping us produce the program this evening. They're doing great. Uh, feel free to crack whatever you'd like. And sit back and enjoy another tale of baseball. Whoa. What? Like, not whoa, O-W-O-E. See what I did there? It was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, W-O-H-A. With a... Jokes are great when you have to explain Over-explained. Them. They're fantastic. <laughs> We're off to, indeed, a fantastic start. Before we start, though, Travis, we should acknowledge our sources for today. Baseballreference.com. Retrosimba.com. Like retro throwback Simba, the little lion from the thing. Mm, yeah, I, which I'd never heard of before, but I got some great information from. So what shout what, out. What kind of what? What is, is it's, just a baseball website? Sports. I don't know. Sports in general. Retro, retro Simba means I have no idea. But okay. They were very helpful, and thank you, Retro Simba. Nothing about the Lion King, though. Not one. I was a little, you know, I was a little off put by the false advertising, but yeah. uh, not even like you know, Retro Simba. Right. It kind of alludes to a prequel. Yeah, they probably like, haven't you know, had people. They haven't had yet. You're so. the third person that's been on that website, probably. No one knows number that. Number three. Right. <laughs> I was number three on the ever. Yes. Should I, I probably shouldn't talk shit about the people. That we they were very out. helpful to us, Travis. Could you, could yeah, you, back to you not denigrate them before the show even starts, please? <laughs> back to the professional. Here we go. WashingtonPost.com, BleacherNation.com, UPI.com. And for those younger than 50, that stands for United Press International, which used to be a wire service, which used to be a thing before the internet. And Wikipedia.com. And if you are a user of Wikipedia, if you are a podcaster or podcast adjacent person, that means you definitely are. Please consider giving a small to medium to large donation for the services that they provide and the information that is available, even though we do have to glean through it just a little bit to for mm. you know, citations needed here and there. But it's very helpful, and we thank them for their support. Well, Travis, it's time now for our player introductions. Are you ready? I can't wait. Jose Manuel Roberto Guillermo Oquendo Contreras. Is that six names? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six? Six, yes. Born July 4th, 1963 in Rio Piedras, Puerto Rico. 
henceforth known as Jose Okendo only, was nicknamed the Secret Weapon. He currently serves as the minor league infield coordinator of the St. Louis Cardinals, an organization with whom he's been affiliated since 1985, managed the Puerto Rico national team in the 2006 and 2009 World Baseball Classics. Been around. He's been around the old baseball block. During his playing career, Okendo proved highly versatile defensively. He played primarily second base and shortstop, but also frequently in the outfield and made at least one appearance at every position during his major league playing career. Okendo has the second highest career fielding percentage for second baseman at .9919, 99.19%, behind only former Tiger and many other teams, Second baseman Placido Polanco. Great company. Career mark of 9927. <laughs> no one will ever break Placido's uh, cheek size or teeth clenching records either. Yeah, that's... that's just facts. All of those are facts. The New York Mets signed Okendo as an amateur free agent in 1979 at the age of 15. He made his major league debut with the Mets in 1983 and was traded to the Cardinals in 1985. In 1988, he made his catching debut, giving him the final position on his, I've played every single position in Major League Baseball at the Major League level status. From 1989 to 1991, he was the Cardinals' regular second baseman alongside Ozzie Smith, the legend at shortstop. Okendo's best season offensively came in 1989 when he batted 291 with 28 doubles and a 747 OPS and a major league leading 163 games played. Travis, a Baker's season. Yeah, wow. I'm exhausted <laughs> just thinking about that. Candido Maldonado Guadarrama, born September 5th, 1960, in Humacao, Puerto Rico. He was a major league outfielder, played from 81 to 95 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, Cleveland Guardians, Milwaukee Brewers, Toronto Blue Jays, Chicago Cubs, Texas Rangers, and that was it. That's it? That's it. <laughs> Maldonado holds the distinction of having struck the first game-winning hit outside the United States in World Series play and was the only giant to hit a triple in the 1989 World Series. Maldonado, nicknamed Candy, and also known as the Candy Man, was a major contributor to the Giants' success in the late 1980s as a part of the 1987 National League West champions and the 1989 National League pennant-winning Giants. Robert Earl Bob Brenly, born February 25, 1954, in Koshokton, Ohio. Koshokton. Sounds like I should say Gesundheit after it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it doesn't sound like an Ohio place at all. Uh, I don't know what the, I'm not even sure. It must be Native American, or maybe it's Native American. Like most things named in Ohio. That makes sense. And that is true, yeah. Everything is. And Illinois. Yeah. And probably the rest of the United States. And most of the rest <laughs> of the United States, yeah. Anyway, Bob Brenly uh, is a former major leaguer, obviously, player, coach, manager, and broadcaster. He played the majority of his major league baseball career as a catcher with the San Francisco Giants. After retiring as a player, Brenly worked as a broadcaster for the Chicago Cubs and then as a coach with the Giants, and then as a broadcaster for Fox. Uh, he was hired to manage the Arizona Diamondbacks for the 2001 season, 
And all he did was win the freaking World Series immediately. First year? big whoop. He he went there 2001 and won? Yeah. Now, to be fair, that was the year that the big unit and Kurt Schilling were the one and two in the rotation. Uh, The unit, uh, Randy Johnson went 21 and six Mm -hmm. with, I believe, a 263. And uh, Schilling went 22 and six with a 298. So that was right before Schilling went to Boston then, right? I'm guessing that was the Bloody Sock World Series. If that helps, he, he wasn't you. with Boston when you did that. Okay, no, nah, that was the Bloody Sock World Series. Wow. Hi there, future Paul here, to remind past Paul that indeed, Travis was right. 2004, the Bloody Sock World Series, Boston Red Sox, when Kurt Schilling was much fatter, and maybe not bloody. Uh, so I just wanted to own up to that. Before we go back to past Paul, who, despite his very confident, yep, yep, will still be wrong about 2001 and the Diamondbacks being the Kurt Schilling bloody sock year. Enjoy that. Yeah. 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 I remember yeah. that vividly. I was a junior or, in high Or as I like to call it, the World Series where Kurt Schilling put a packet of ketchup in his sock. <laughs> I love how much they talked about it during the game. <laughs> it's crazy. How it's, could he be doing what he's doing? Because somebody, like, I don't know, walked by him and accidentally got a spike in his freaking <laughs> ankle bone, which sticks out of your leg, and it nicked it a little bit. If you've ever cut anything that's right on the bone in your fucking body, it bleeds like a bitch for the next 25 fucking years. Yeah, totally. Duh! It's, he, was not a, he was not a life-threatening injury. No, I bet you sat next to his catcher and was like, oh, I got this little cut. And his catcher looked at him like, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He's them. He's probably like, yeah. I, oh no, it looks like I got this little cut. And also, the world is completely rectangular. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You make you make four times more than me. Just get back out there. Kurt Schilling. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to go on record as I believe I I, I, I believe I'm speaking for Travis here when I say the podcast position is complete asshole. Yeah, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> I loved him when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's the and, nicest way I can put and it. And as most things, you grow up and you learn and you know better, right. Travis. So in 2004, Bob Brenly was released by the Diamondbacks and again became a broadcaster for the Cubs until 2012. He now serves as a color commentator for the Diamondbacks broadcast. Brenly was not drafted but signed as an amateur free agent by the Giants in 1976. He made his major league debut in 1981 at the age of 27. Now, Travis, you spent a little time in the minor leagues. What does that tell you? What, at 27? Like him going there at 27? Amateur free agent, 1976. Mm -hmm. 1981 makes the league, and he's 27. Right. Oh, man. Usually they would say five years is average. I don't know if I – I saw so many guys go faster than that or kind of slower than that even. If it takes you longer, a lot of times you're a really good baseball player, but – you maybe just not have that showy stat, you know? You're not hitting the ball probably super far. I think or, you might be on to it there because you know? I think in the terms of, of, of uh, to put it in NFL parlance, I think you probably call Bob Brindley a game manager. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, usually those guys that end up as coaches too. It's like we're they're smart with the game. Right. I mean, because you have to have so many skills as a catcher. Man. You well, better they, be able to hit, for one, let's just say that. I mean, like you got to be able to hit as a catcher. Well, I mean, isn't it though? Really, if you can skilled, hit as a catcher, it's kind of a bonus anymore. It's still a skilled position. Um, maybe not at that time. I feel like they have to hit a little bit better than they used to. Maybe. You'd hope that your catcher had some pop. I always remembered yeah. that. Like you, you hope you, you've got a catcher. He's going to be slow, right? Uh, you hope he's uh, he's using the tools of intelligence as opposed to the tools of ignorance, as Jim Price likes to do. say on Tiger Radio. Yeah. 
but uh, you'd hope that he's a guy who could at least run into one once in a while. Yeah, they see but so I many pitches. Think, I never think of catchers as I've never thought of catchers as high average guys like Pudge Rodriguez, right? Uh, uh, and the original Pudge. Uh, guys who Carlton Fisk are, are guys who kind of broke that trend a little bit and could okay. hit like like Pudge I think was like a 270 275 guy uh, the original Pudge mm-hmm. and then Yvonne Rodriguez Pudge was a little higher than that I think in the 280s maybe yeah well, then, and that makes sense because that's kind of when I started watching baseball is when those guys were playing and then even like the you know Cal Ripken Jr. playing shortstop that was like the biggest shortstop but I was a kid when that happened so it was just right. it was normal to see A-Rod there it was normal to start seeing big dudes there I mean like now right. you got Six six dudes over there running <laughs> balls down, like just throwing <laughs> missiles across the field. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, if, if you had a big guy like that, usually in the field back in the day, yep. they were not going to be as athletic yep. as they are now. So for me, what stands out is he's twenty seven. Mm-hmm. That's that's an old rookie, right? Let's just face it, right? And he played quite a long time after starting at such an advanced age. So you know that they they somebody saw something in him. Uh, and he had again, I think a good, a high baseball IQ, and probably a grudge or two, an axe or two to grind throughout so, yeah. his career. You know what yeah. I mean? And he doesn't have a very good nickname. I haven't heard one yet. I mean, no, no, no. no. We just got Bob. Secret Weapon, and we it's got Candyman, and yeah. we got Bob. And we got Bob. <laughs> it's a, you're, you're you can't nailing, be that good, Travis. <laughs> you doesn't have a nickname. Nailing it. You're nailing the narrative before I've even laid it out. Yeah. Now, as Lance Parrish did a few years before with the Tigers, Brenly replaced the crazily stanced Wiley veteran Milt May as the Giants starting catcher in 1983. And I don't know if you're uh, if you're an old enough Tiger super fan. Familiar. I don't I can't like picture something. Milt May, he had a stance wide open, tippy toed wide open and close to his to his back foot as opposed to way out in front of his back foot. So like straight behind him, kind of. Okay. And then arms straight in the air. It sounds like Euclid, maybe. Above, like, it was very reminiscent of Kevin Euclid. Yes. Yeah, like he's posing for the, a picture of some sort. Almost. The human on base average, Euclid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doesn't didn't he have like a ridiculous eyesight or something like that? It's like a twenty five twenty guy or something. Like or, I don't know which way goes better. I don't know. But, I don't know from Euclid, but I know I remember watching Milt May as a kid and thinking. What the fuck is that guy doing? I don't know There's if no I can pitch to him. Hit the ball. I how can you? How can you? I couldn't. I'm pay attention. too scared. I was just. I'm too fascinated by what he's doing standing there to even throw the ball to. <laughs> and him. if you know you don't throw a strike, he's not going to swing anyway. So like, I feel like that pressure would really get up on me. Like, I could throw I, the dirtiest shit. This motherfucker's not going to swing. This, and it's good. wherever the swing is, it's going to start from so far away that it doesn't even matter. Like, so, and, <laughs> so Mill May not was not a tremendous hitter, but he was a guy like was a great defensive catcher. And he hit just enough. And that's kind of how Brendley made it in, as it turns out. Because uh, after taking Milt May's place as a giant starting catcher in 1983, uh, Brendley posted a 224 batting average along with seven home runs and 34 runs batted in. He had his best season offensively in 84 when he was hitting 318 at the midseason mark to earn a reserve player spot on the National League All-Star Game roster. Finished the season with a career-high 291 with 20 home runs and 80 runs batted in. Brenly won the 1984 Willie Mack Award, named for the legendary Willie McCovey, and presented annually since 1980 
by the Giants to their most inspirational player for his spirit and leadership. Wow, they, do they do that still? They yeah. still, every year, they've okay. done it from since 1980 in honor of Willie McCovey, and they will do it presumably as long as they are the San Francisco Giants. I've never even heard of that. Do, do you know who's won it in recent? No, in fact, I've never heard of it either, and yeah. it's just an in, it's like an intra-team award. It's okay. not like a league-wide award, what we all know about it. It's just... It's like winning your your team's MVP award. Nice, you know that's cool. They do that, uh, but it's for it's not for that though. Mm. It's for like best try, <laughs> goodest smile, whilst doing a great job. It's that one. You know what that I mean? Sucks. It's the spirited leadership kind <laughs> okay. of like you're try. He's trying. Look at him. He's trying so hard. So proud of him. They right made him now. keep book and like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the team manager. You're so important. Exactly. And then he would become a team manager later. But he won a World Series doing it with the two best pitchers in the game. But whatever. He started it's, as a hall Bob monitor. Bradley. He's Bob. He's Everybody Bob. loves Bob. Everybody loves Bob. Who does love Bob? Yeah, he's great. He does, no nickname, but good Bob. Dude. Just love Bob. Osborne Earl Ozzy Smith. Born December 26, 1954 in Mobile, Alabama. Arguably the finest shortstop ever to play the game. Although that is no damn reason to keep Alan Trammell out of the Hall of Fame. Do your damn job, Veterans Committee. Jesus Christ, just because he doesn't have a nickname like the Wizard of Oz or could do black flips or didn't play like in 2,340 fucking games in a row and they canceled one because his wife was getting banged by some other guy and he was going to show up late so they freaking turned the lights out. Just yeah. so they can continue that streak. Just because none of that stuff ever happened to Alan Trammell doesn't mean he should be in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> Hi again. Future Paul here to remind past Paul to calm down and think about the fact that Alan Trammell is in the Hall of Fame. And it's going to be okay. And spoilers, past Paul didn't have a heart attack or an aneurysm or anything despite the sound emanating from his crazed head. Still waiting on Sweet Lou, Veterans Committee. Back to the show. You can't tell people that, Paul. I told you that in confidence. That's a Cal, oh, that's a Cal Ripinski secret. Oh, oh. <laughs> we, we were the only people that knew that? Yeah, no one else knows about that. It's just me and you. <laughs> but when you talk about Trammell, longest duo in history for middle infielders, right? Oh, I mean, he and Whitaker, yeah, they turned more double plays. More double plays than world, anybody? And they should, like, they should probably be put in as a pair by the Veterans Committee if they get their shit together. And for a long time, it's the only thing us Tigers fans had. You know, like yeah, we had I 84, mean, and then from and there, it was just like, our duo is going places. And for those of you who are like, <laughs> you awful, like, 70s, early 80s Tigers fans with your shitty team yeah. and your Whitaker and Trammell... And you're Jack Morris. Okay, we're just like enough. All right, we 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 don't care about you. Look at the fucking numbers, mm -hmm. and then eat those numbers, shit them out into your own mouth, and put Emil Trammell and Lou Whitaker in the Hall of Fame. Do it, real all fast. Right. I'm sorry. I, that, I apologize. A, we, we only have certain things to cheer for here in this state. <laughs> Still got <laughs> and Barry and Sanders go jerseys going. It's true, and I just had one down to one of my sons. Oh, it's of true. Course. I did. Uh, and for the record, we are in the middle, as we are recording this, it is uh, February, I believe, the 3rd? The 2nd? Yeah, it's like the 4th. It's, it's gross. the 3rd or the 4th. I don't know. It is day 64 of the ongoing ownership lockout of baseball. Mm -hmm. My good friend Travis and I have started a baseball history podcast for a game that might not <laughs> happen yeah. ever again. But it's, this is the only place you're going to be able to get your baseball. It's going to, yes. So we have <laughs> that going for us. Going. 
It's uh, in Michigan where we're doing this, uh, just outside of Ann Arbor in the beautiful town of Ypsilanti, uh, going to be zero overnight. And it's just dumped a foot of snow on us. So last couple of days have been awful. Shut down I, the facility. I, I might here. be full of a bit of vitriol. Just So 100%. I apologize for the whole shit in the mouth thing. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. But, a couple but, more bus saws, you'll be happy. I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. He's just bitter now. So Smith played for the San Diego Padres and the St. Louis Cardinals, winning the National League Gold Glove Award for 13 consecutive seasons. What? No. 13 gold gloves in a row? 13 straight. <laughs> Not 13 total. Is that the longest? I don't know. I'll ask you questions that you don't straight. know the answer for. Is I'm just going to assume that? that it is. And anybody else who thinks they're better than that, whatever. I don't I, yeah. I don't know. It did, the research I looked at didn't immediately say, yep, that's a record. Right. And then you got to so, be doing that at least in your 30s, man, because, wow, 13 years. 13 years. 15-time All-Star. Smith accumulated 2,460 hits and 580 stolen bases during his career. Won the National League Silver Slugger Award in 1987. Was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility in 2002. He was elected to the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame in the inaugural class of 2014. Smith's family moved to Watts, Los Angeles when he was six years old. While participating in childhood activities of the athletic variety, Smith developed quick reflexes, went on to play baseball in high school and college at Los Angeles's Locke High School and Cal Poly St. Louis Obispo, respectively. One of the finest college names, I think. Can you say it again? Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. That's beautiful. It is nice, right? It's, I would love to have a shirt. <laughs> we should get Cal Poly shirts. That would be good. Drafted by the Padres, Smith made his Major League debut in 1978. He quickly established himself as an outstanding fielder and later became known for performing backflips while taking his position at the beginning of a game. Smith won his first Gold Glove Award in 1980 and made his first All-Star Game appearance in 1981. You can only do backflips on the field if you've won 13 Gold Gloves in a row. Or if you know goddamn well you're about to. <laughs> you're on the way. At least you're, uh, you're about maybe two, to. two in a row. He's like, fuck it. I'm just first Gold Glove, 1980. Last one, 1993, son. <laughs> when conflict with the Padres' ownership developed, by the way, the Kroc family back mm. then, the McDonald's people. Gotcha. Uh, he was traded to the Cardinals for shortstop Gary Templeton in 1982. You know what? Greatest shortstop ever to play the game. I don't like the way you are demanding more money from me as a man who has more money than God and makes more money from about half the McDonald's I franchise out than the baseball team that I fucking own. <laughs> I guess I'll trade you for... Gary Templeton? Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> I one. win! <laughs> Baseball player? Whatever. Upon joining the Cardinals, Smith helped the team win the 1982 World Series. Three years later, his game-winning home run during Game 5 of the 1985 National League Championship Series prompted broadcaster Jack Bucks, now immortal, go crazy, folks! Play-by-play -play call. Despite a rotator cuff injury during the 1985 season, uh, Smith posted career highs in multiple offensive categories just two years later in 1987. Smith continued to earn gold gloves and all-star appearances on an annual basis until 1993, and during the 1995 season, Smith had shoulder surgery and was out nearly three months after tension with his new manager, Tony LaDuscia. Uh, 
Tony Larusa. That was an accident. Typo. Obviously. My bad. I did. I was clearly autocorrect. I didn't do that. Yeah. Was that from Simba.com? Might it? No. No. I can't blame them for that. That was that was clearly me. <laughs> Uh, so tension developed with Larusa in 1996, and Smith retired at season's end. And his number one was subsequently retired by the Cardinals. Smith served as the host of the television show This Week in Baseball from 1997 to 1998. How the hell have I never seen that? How about that? Huh. As the original host, Mel Allen, would have said. Uh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, uh, what, what was and it I not? Was, I was a huge, oh, do you not even remember This Week in Baseball? No. That makes sense, because uh, it wasn't too much longer after that that uh, ESPN had taken over the highlight game. Uh, this okay. Week in Baseball was one of the original highlight series. For baseball. Was it at, like, 9 o'clock or some shit? Like, it would what? originally air, like, Saturday mornings. Okay. Like, this 9 or 10 o'clock. Familiar. I think maybe just ESPN has brainwashed me enough to where, like, they just... Absolutely, yeah. They it, started It was a syndicated sure. show, and it was hosted by, I believe, a voice of the Yankees at the time, Mel Allen, one of the New York teams. I, okay. I don't remember Maybe it was the Mets. Uh, but Mel Allen was a former announcer, uh, and he was beloved in the game. And his signature catchphrase was, how about that? That sounds familiar as hell. But I, yeah. But how about that? <laughs> how about I didn't it? mean to do that, but I did. <laughs> like, steal fucking. At one time, there was a way that if you just said words the right way, and then occasionally something cool happened, and you just went, how about that? <laughs> like, how about you became that? Yeah. world famous. <laughs> Just say it right. <laughs> How about that, huh? Uh, and our final player introduction is William Nushler Clark Jr. Okay. So that means there are two men with the middle name of Nushler on this earth. Whoa, okay. There's not initially? I mean, those are things I didn't know before I started the research on this. I mean, there's that there were two, there was one man with the middle name Nushler. On Earth, let alone two. So, born March thirteenth, nineteen sixty-four, in New Orleans, Louisiana, Will Clark played Major League Baseball from nineteen eighty-six to two thousand for the San Francisco Giants, Texas Rangers, Baltimore Orioles, and the St. Louis Cardinals. Will was known by the nickname of Will the Thrill, and that nickname has often been truncated to simply the Thrill. The Thrill. That's good, man. Yeah. A lot of good nicknames in this one. So, I mean, they're always except good, for but... who again? Except for fucking Bobbo. Fucking Bob. <laughs> Bobbo's just Bob. Bob. <laughs> Clark played college baseball for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, where he won the Golden Spikes Award. And at the 1984 Summer Olympics, Sumper, the Summer Olympics before playing in the major leagues, Clark was a six-time Major League Baseball All-Star, a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner, a Gold Glove winner, and the winner of the National League Championship Series Most Valuable Player Award in 1989. Clark was drafted with the second overall pick in the 1985 draft by the Giants in his first major league at bat on April 8th, 1986. Clark hit a home run off future Hall of Famer Nolan Ryan. Okay. A few days later, Clark also homered in his first home game at Candlestick Park he debuted at 22, wearing the number 22 and playing first base. In his first full season in 1987, Clark had a 308 average, was voted to the uh, as the starting first baseman for the National League All-Star team every season from 1988 through 1992. And in 88, Clark was the first Giants player to drive in 90 or more runs in consecutive seasons 
since Bobby Mercer had done it in 1975 and 1976. Producing. The Giants were not known for a bunch of offense during that time, which, of course, would change rapidly and very soon. Right. Clark has been inducted into the National College Baseball Hall of Fame, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, and the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame. His uniform number will be retired by the Giants during the 2022 season, appropriate, giving the age 22 and the number 22 he wore when he came in. Clark continues to be active in baseball, serving as a special assistant in the Giants' front office. Special assistant? Yes. What does that entail? That means I'm Will Clark. Just be a baseball guy. And I and play baseball stuff. real, real good. Yeah. People like me. Oh, yeah. I'm square-jawed, handsome, and Caucasian. Give me money. There's some jobs out there, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but there's like, um, there's always an old guy in every organization that just kind of tours around. Absolutely. And talks about the game. and Al Kaline did it till the day he died in Detroit. Yeah. I honestly believe it might be the most American dream job that exists on the planet. Well, the, first of all, you got to become a legend. you got to become a legend. And only in each team only has one, you know? Right. So you got to be the, you got to become the legend that sticks around, right? And go talk to town. these kids, or comes back like Will Clark because he played for a bunch of other teams. Yeah. In K-Line's day, you played for you played for one team, whether you fucking liked it or not, right. pretty much. So yeah, and you had, they always had like a bunch of one-liners, man. Just like things that could put your mind at ease, and you're just like fuck. <laughs> you're so yeah, simple yeah. when you talk, and yeah, I yeah. like your cadence. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, geez, just warm, uh, geez, warm Will, I, I, just I don't like, know what's going on. I'm under some really struggling up there. I'm uncomfortable. And <laughs> I can't find a good center. Like, I don't know. Everything they're throwing is fooling me. And he just says, "Hey, hey, kid. Yeah, hey, kid. It's like hey, you could listen hey, to Kevin Costner talk. Kid. Like slow music comes up, dude." dude Find the ball. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just all you gotta do is find the ball. Find son. the ball, son. It's not a hard game. Not a hard game. You swing, find ball. Good things happen. You ready for the wind up, Travis? Let's hear it. Now, Giants Cardinals does not perhaps leap immediately to mind when pondering the pantheon of sports rivalries, but there have been some significant and heated moments between these teams throughout history since the inception of the playoffs in 1969. San Francisco and St. Louis have met three times for the right to play in the World Series, 1987, 2002, and 2014, with many heated moments along the way, in between and during and all along, one of which happened in 1982, with the Cardinals keeping a slim division lead on the Phillies. Bob Brenly, old Bob, plain old Bob, slid real, real hard into the newly acquired Ozzie Smith covering second base for the cards on a force play. Brenly needs Smith in the thigh, causing a hematoma and mild hemorrhaging. As a result, Smith would miss five crucial road games against the Mets. That's when you could still go in hard. Like, and no one really... You weren't the asshole. Just like, that just happened. You know? Right. That's 1982, remember, for reference sake. Yeah. Up until the 90s-something, right? When did they really start kind of cracking down on that? Oh, it is such a good question you've asked, and it is so germane to the conversation we're having. Okay, let's hear it. So Smith would miss five road games against the Mets, and the Cardinals had the last laugh that year by winning the World Series. The incident clearly planted seeds, though, that would later grow into swinging limb trees, Travis. Those are the kind we like here. It's the only reason we're here. For instance... And this came as kind of an anticlimax because I found it out very late in my research. <laughs> I could have made this like a, a double header, so to speak. But, for instance, 
the teams brawled during the 1986 season. I have no idea what it was about, when it happened, perhaps more on that another time. So there's a precursor? Here on Diamond Dust Ups, nice. the podcast about baseball education. We haven't done a prequel yet. That's... Where the host doesn't do the greatest research here and there, but gets into it. When he can. The 1987 NLCS, Travis, featured both teams sniping at each other relentlessly, particularly about the slow, taunting home run trots of one Jeffrey Leonard, who had four homers for the Giants in the series. He wasn't going quickly. No, he was loving every minute. A lot of, of, lot of chopsticks between each Every second of bed. those homers, yeah. <laughs> a lot of waving to the crowd, a lot of pointing at your girlfriend, and the, you know, little little to mom and the in the camera so bob brenley and ozzy smith have been chirping openly and viciously each other throughout the series uh, and again this is 5 years after the 1982 incident that brenley put smith on the sideline with the big knee to the thigh uh they just uh, were absolutely at each other's throats without being physical the whole series. The Giants had a 3-2 series lead when Candy, uh, when Candy Maldonado, I'd like to thank Buzzsaw once again, the producer. <laughs> the Candyman. Yeah, our associate up. producer. <laughs> Giants had a 3-2 series lead when Candy Maldonado lost Tony Pena's second inning fly ball in the lights, Ooh. resulting in a triple. Pena then scored on a sacrifice fly for the only run of the game, tying the series for the Cardinals, who then went on to spank them 6 nothing in Game 7. Yes. What about that? Ooh, you got you got a light ball? You got an in-the-light ball? In-the-light ball. It's a nothing-nothing game. It's the second inning. Right. And, and that's that the winning the game. run. I don't know. I probably didn't sting as much as it sounds that we're talking about at this point. When you're, like, you're in the second inning, you're like, all right, we're going to get that back. Well, you've you know, got game seven, back. too. So you're thinking maybe in your mind, okay, right. well, we can win game seven. It doesn't matter. But right. then they come out. And but in six. retrospect, your offseason is based on a ball in the lights. Yeah. <laughs> they put a six and a bagel on awful. you the next day. And, yeah, you're thinking yeah. about the lights right. for the next four or five months straight. Just what if. Or maybe the rest of your life. Yeah, we're talking about it right now. We're going to bring we up some more. <laughs> we just talked about it, in fact. So, Travis, here's the pitch. On July 24th, it's 1988. It's just after that 1987 NLCS. Mm -hmm. It's 86 degrees. It's dry. The wind is blowing at 12 miles an hour and out to left field. It's 1.15 p.m. First pitch at venerable Bush Stadium in St. Louis, replete with its notoriously radiant AstroTurf. So we start right in the beginning of the game here with this? Was, we're right here at game. It's 115. Pitch, First pitch, one. man. It's We're right here at the beginning. It's, okay. we're, we're setting the scene. The burgeoning heat of the summer, just before the dog days And what town in. are we in? We're in St. Louis, Missouri. We're in St. Louis. Stadium we're resides. in Bush Stadium. Okay. Yes. A follower of Lost Ballparks on Instagram, one Mr. John Kuhn, Describe the experience at Bush on a day just like that thusly. Quote, unless you had box seats near the field on a Sunday afternoon during the AstroTurf years, hell came up to the surface and you <laughs> couldn't buy a breeze in there. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, that sounds awful. Super good. Give me another Budweiser. That's awesome. <laughs> Starter Rick Russell, presumably part lizard, Cares not about the heat and is dealing with the Giants handily. Russell has a 5 nothing lead midway through eight innings. 
San Francisco manufactured too early in uh, separate innings. And then Will the Thrill bought the Giants an insurance policy in the fifth when he homered deep to right with two men on and two outs against Cards starter Jose De Leon. As the Thrill will do. It he's was, here for yeah, that purpose. He's here for the thrills. Do you think he got that from the field or like some ladies he was hanging out with? Like the thrill. Like it definitely has a certain sexual innuendo. It, it does indeed. But no, he definitely got it from from the field. He's flashing leather. There were people who talked about he's in the ball Will heart. Clark's swing the way that uh old timers talk about Ted Williams. Swing. Okay. He I didn't know if it was like a Lancelot thing. He no, you know it mean? was well, I mean he was swinging the stick all right. <laughs> But it was just the baseball stick. I want to know the whole bat. fucking story, Paul. That's why I ask. Okay, uh, what's this guy Will doing? Will Clark's kind of square jawed and dopey. Is you he? Know, with like a, he ended up with like a little bit of a, we- you know, uh, and so Shaggy, had- Shaggy, our dear friend, I love you. But he has a young Shaggy look to him. Uh, just in the a early square days. jaw on him. Just a super Dudley do right chin, <laughs> and maybe the hint of a receding hairline at twenty. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I'm sure he did fine. He was a, he's a professional athlete, plenty of money, handsome fella, right? But like no, I'm I'm just talking about his swing was pure. Nice. I got to so I, I got to look that up. It's Clark's 22nd long ball. It's just past the midway point of the season. He rake it mm-hmm. in the eighth inning with Clark on first. Candy Maldonado hits a slow rolling ground ball past the mound to Smith at shortstop, who tosses underhand to second baseman Jose Okendo, attempting to turn two. When Clark arrives at the scene in a cloud of dust up. Yeah. Let's get it. Now, Travis, you ready to go to the video? I'm ready. I can't wait. You made me pull the, and this is always how it goes. You made me pull the video up and look. It's just sitting at the first screen. Yes. For 30 minutes. But here. And I tantalize you. Exactly. With and then what's to come. I'm trying to depict what uniforms are what, what era it is. That's usually how we start every show is like, I'm trying to cheat. Travis usually. is trying to cheat. And I'm trying to tell him to shut the fuck up and right. pay it to, and wait. Don't ask too many questions around Christmas. Is that the Reds? Christmas. Is that the- it's not the Reds. Shut <laughs> up. It might be the Reds. You'll know in five minutes. Can you wait? No, I can't. You can't wait. So now we got very specific rules here, and we invite you to play along. Uh, the video, uh, I did forget to pull this up. So it is Cardinals Giants. It is on, uh, I just got done saying it, August or June, July? Let me go back up here. July 24th, 1988. You'll find it with an easy Google and a YouTube, and uh, you can play along with us. Now, the rules here are as follows. We're going to listen to and watch only the first eight seconds of the video. Totally. And the name of the video is Bench Clear After Clark Slide Into Second. So, I don't know if that helps. That probably will help. All right. So, the first eight seconds, Travis, let me Mm -hmm. get there with you. In three, two, one. Broken bat roller toward shortstop. The shuffle. Okay, stop it right there. Stop it right there. You saw it, right? So we've got as a slow roller to the shortstop, an underhand pitch to the second baseman, Okendo. And what do you describe Will Smith's activity at? He goes past the bag by 10 feet, I think. I mean, Would you say 10 feet is an accurate assessment? I would say 10 feet's pretty close. Will Clark comes in sliding. I don't think he slides until the bag. And no one's even by the bag. No, <laughs> no. It's They're pretty like, far off he, He's already the off the bag with the toss. There's a lot of purpose in this slide. There is a message absolutely sent with this slide. So let's go back to the beginning now. Okay. 
and we are going to roll it from here until the 57 second mark. Got you. You got it. 57 seconds. We're back at the beginning. So now we've seen the play as it happened. Now we will see the aftermath in three, two, one. Broken bat roller toward shortstop. The shuffle and Clark taking the runner out. Oh, he was pretty close to the bag. A little kick. Oh, yeah. Look oh, here out. Here we go. Uh-oh. Ooh. Look out. Missed on that one. Here come both dugouts. There was a couple haymakers that missed that would have been devastating. Devastating. Now here's Bradley and Ozzie Smith. Yeah, and it was Smith that missed one big right that would have. Yep. Bradley and Smith are squaring up. Oh, a couple kicks on the ground. And there goes a sucker punch from behind by Ozzie. So Ozzie lands his neck a little bit. Yeah. Clark's got a couple. Now Clark is getting four to one right now. Yeah, his and boys he's holding it up right now. So you look at look at Ozzy now in the dugout. He's doing a little split lip scenario. And there's Roger Craig hit pause. Okay, so <laughs> there's a couple of things we need to address here. Mm -hmm. Ozzy Smith. So it plays out as follows. Clark slides over the bag real hard, real far. Yeah, he was not trying to stop there. Oh, Kendo doesn't go down, but he has to adjust like a couple of little steps. Yeah, he kind of sure jumps with doesn't. him for And a minute. Smith now has followed the play, so he's right behind Clark, uh, who's on the ground, and Okendo gives him a little kick. A There's little a, kick. There's a little bit of a... And I feel like he gives him a little slap on the I'm way gonna up. I'm going to try and, and get away with a kick to your ass right now that right. the ump isn't going to see. And as Clark starts to get up, you very astutely notice that Okendo gives him a little upside the head, little whoops <laughs> upside the head, little yeah. whoops upside the head. And then Ozzy gives him a push and punch then, in then the back Clark of the neck. And then Clark goes straight to his face with both fists, like not a punch or anything, but just like grabs kind him, of yeah. a, like grabs him and, and like his, ends up with his two fists in his jaw. And that is when Ozzy Smith throws what I would call more of a leveraged push. Yeah. Right in the back of his neck. Will Clark's face from behind. From behind. Let's be very yeah. clear. This is a sucker punch. And then eventually, when he realizes he didn't hit him that hard, that's when he wound up and missed. <laughs> like he was like, he's like, oh, that wasn't it. And then he winds up <laughs> like a Swiss clock. Yeah. And, and Smith goes down. Whiffs. <laughs> just misses him. That would have By a foot. Now, that would have ended the whole thing. Now, Okendo and Clark are going at it here mm -hmm. a little bit. So they're a moving target, but. For a man as athletic and skilled as as Ozzy, yeah, uh, heart rate was to, up a little bit to whiff so hard <laughs> and so bad on a on a shot where there was no obstruction. No, he's outside his element. He's used to picking up ground balls. This is a different world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now let's run this back uh, to about that uh, eight, that nine. This is about nine seconds again. All right, because uh, the aftermath of the play it comes in quick. But what we missed so far, what we haven't addressed is our man Caldi, Candy Maldonado. That's the second time I've gone Caldi Maldonado out of the jump, and I apologize, Mr. Maldonado. We see Candy Maldonado from the right side of the screen. You're going to see him come in like a fucking lightning bolt, like Junior Seau <laughs> hitting the A-gap. On the uh, on some running back who has no idea he's coming, and caught he, across the middle a little bit uh, <laughs> from first base 
he when he once he sees it's four on one with Clarky over there, yeah. he runs and comes in absolutely Superman style. You ready to go? You're Candy nine, man. nine seconds. Yep, nine. In three, two, one. All right, so there's the little little flip. Oh, yep. Now yep. it's on. Punches, punches, punches. Ooh. Terry, the pitcher's there. Ozzie there's Maldonado. There he is. Big haymaker. <laughs> he comes in. He throws a left on the way in, but then lands a roundhouse right. <laughs> Jumping over, just guys. flying through. Go ahead and cut it down. He jumped over. It looks like he looks like a linebacker was in the a middle punch of a goal sure. line stand, and then just flies a haymaker. And that is where Ozzie Smith gets the busted up lip. We're looking at because he's seen Ozzie throw like three sucker punches that miss entirely. He had one person on the mind running for ninety feet. One target and one target only, and it was the Wizard of Ouch yeah. <laughs> at that point. Hard impact. So you have you seen enough for the video there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, does it escalate any farther than this? Uh, they kind of break it up from here. That's that's kind of uh, that's it for now. That's it for now. Okay, that's it for now. I feel like there's a lot more video that you got here. So, so there's got to be. Will Clark and Jose Akendo are okay. ejected. Okay. The Wizard of Oz stays in the game. Weird. Asked why Smith wasn't ejected, umpire Dutch Rennert. Says he hadn't seen Smith land any punches. <laughs> he just threw him. He threw a shitload. <laughs> but he didn't land one of them. What was I supposed to do? I mean, he didn't hit nobody. I, I he, love- he clearly missed the sucker punch. <laughs> so in Redder's mind, he's like, oh, he's windmilling out there. What's the big whoop? <laughs> I feel like this is a common theme in baseball. Like, <laughs> nothing hurt, you know? Like, <laughs> Quote, Rennert, after the game, I saw Clark swing first at Okendo, and both were ejected for fighting. I just saw one punch by Clark. I didn't know Ozzy hit him. If I'd seen Ozzy sucker punch him, I would have thrown him out, close quote. Yeah. He, he, wait, let's, he saw, he just saw one punch land by Clark only. Yeah, yeah. In all of that, Dutch Rennert. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was a lot more mayhem than that. Obviously, uh, this might come down still. There's too many players on the field compared to umpires at this point. Like <laughs> that does seem to happen every time with these things. Yeah, but yeah, De- Ozzy definitely didn't really throw a real punch in there. I mean, well, he threw a couple. It just he didn't. We yeah, like the first one landed. Uh-huh. But again, it, it didn't look like much. It looked like, it looked like what you dream, like you're throwing punches underwater. You know, yes. like when you get in a fight in a dream. It That's did it look like. a bit like an underwater punch. <laughs> it, he thought he just saw. Bruce Lee throw the one-inch, three-inch punch <laughs> combo like, video. I'm going to try it. It's like, dude, all you got to do is get into your legs, and it works. <laughs> I am water, and it didn't fucking work for him, dude. Apparently, there's more training involved yeah, than yeah, just yeah. that mindset. I mean, you can call balls and strikes. You can see if the foot hits the bag before the ball hits the glove. Punches? I'm not trained for that. I'm not trained for this. I'm not trained for that. No. What is this, boxing? Yeah, Dana White is maybe like he's, five or he's six He's a gleam point. in his father's eye at yeah, this point, you know? Totally. So, Renner nor any of the other umps, apparently, saw Maldonado fly into the pile fist first. And just pop Ozzy. Yeah, and nor Ozzy swinging or any of the other stuff. Scott Terry flying into the pile. None of it. So mm-hmm. too numerous to count the fists flying, presumably for the umpires to keep track of, as you've said. The action doesn't last long, Travis, but it is fast and furious, if you can attest. Uh, heat like that? 
doesn't tend to dissipate quickly. No. And you said this is pretty early in the game, right? No, this is at the end of oh, a the very of game. uneventful game. Okay. It's 5 nothing Giants after two manufactured and a big Will Clark three-run bomb. Okay, not, yeah, I remember this. Up. That, well, that makes sense where the kick comes in. I mean, I don't really think you need to slide past the bag when you're by five like that. You're by five. You've <laughs> like, done it. You're jacked up. I get it, but... What are you proving? You're not proving shit. There's no. It, it's not a two-one game. You're mm-hmm. not. It's not one nothing. Bottom of eight. Yeah, but the biggest thing that this dude has probably going in his life right now is the fact that him and Isaac Gian don't get along. He's <laughs> like, no, this is Will the Thrill. Like Bob Brenly is the catcher. Uh, I was thinking about Bob. It was Will. Excuse me. Yeah, Excuse this me. is just a young. Buck. I'm just catching up. This is a young buck, young bucket. Can we start back 20 minutes ago? And I'll let's just rewind the whole <laughs> fucking thing. Thanks, yeah. man. Could you pay attention this time though? That'd be great. No, you wouldn't let me take notes anymore. Really? What time you made fun of me? I'm like, I'm gonna write some of this shit down. You're like, wait, fuck wait. that. I said, don't take notes. Yeah, no. Well, oh, don't you, listen to me. Yeah, you told me a couple times. You're like, don't you don't ever need to take listen notes. to me. Take all the notes you want. <laughs> I can edit for time. Fuck that shit. I'm oh, sorry. That was I, bad advice. Oh, the first time I tried to do it, I think I wrote down three things and just was winging it anyway. <laughs> This is me. This is how I work in life. I'm like, I'll be oh, that's super right. That's why I was saying it. It's yeah. like, oh, don't get caught up thinking about your notes. Just think about what you're thinking about and say what you're thinking about. Yeah. Ah, I remember now. But still, take notes if you want to. <laughs> right, so heat like that doesn't dissipate quickly. Now, from 57 seconds on is where we're going to start the video again. Because okay. I'd like you to take a look at what happens. You said 57? 57 seconds is where we'll begin. Uh, I'd like you to take a look at what happens when Scott Terry throws the next pitch to a Mr. Mike Aldretti, and at 57 in three, two, one. Here it is. And oh, yeah. Ryan inside, and that's it. All gone. Straight at the head. Pitcher's gone. Yeah. Threw the manager out, threw the pitcher out, and here comes both teams again. Just getting to the line. Yeah. It's going to happen here. It's the slow walk of both teams to the line. But what are you going to do? Fight the umpire at this point? Like, the is yeah, gone. the umpires are in there. And Not now here, here comes Pena. He wants something from somebody in a hurry. The umpires drag him away. And from here, it's just the end of the game, which is an uneventful strikeout. The game meant nothing. Yeah. N- there's always, I feel like in a lot of these, like pitch at a guy after an altercation, we've talked about, oh, like if it's a righty and righty, it might slip. It might come out yeah. early. If you're a righty throwing it against a lefty like that, and you and throw it up and in, right above the head, there's no way that's an accident. Not, there's no accident there. Not a question about what's no. going on at all. The no. game finishes five nothing without further baseball altercation after that point, and afterwards there was the usual jaw jacking from the to the press from both sides. Mm-hmm. Clark told the AP, "Quote in the old days." They played hard and aggressive, and that's the way I was brought up. When I slid, I hit the bag and bounced off to the side, and I was laying against Okendo's leg. He kneed me and said, what are you doing, man? Or something like that. There's really no answer to that. I was trying to break up, too. But wait. Is there no answer to that, or were you trying to make up to? I love how casually he's like, I just bounce off to the side I of the I bounce bag. off to the side, you know, man. I was just over there sliding my own business. That's how you slide. That's you how sl- we slide. Where I'm from in Louisiana, we don't slide till the base. He pushed him 10 feet past it <laughs> with his cleats, pretty much. So here's what Okendo had to say to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Quote, I was just trying to get out of the way, and I didn't think that was a right slide. No, it wasn't. He slid late. I was ticked off, close quote. Yeah, you're losing 5 nothing. end of a game. Someone just, like, pushes you 10 feet for no reason. 
It's like literally no reason. Yeah. Five nothing in the eighth is an over baseball game. Game's over. In everybody's mind. And mm-hmm. if you happen to put something together, the coach says um, something inspirational. Yep. Old Skip slaps you on the butt, says, go run into one. And you mm-hmm. turn it into a ball game. Okay, great. You try and win. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, a five nothing game in the eighth is fucking over in Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. And that, that's actually something you learn pretty quickly, the, the five-run differential. Is when um, things is, should oh, start to change yeah. in the game. How you play the game should so change a little bit. You're telling me, like from the player's perspective, yeah, that that is kind of one of those unwritten baseball rules. And really, like the if you lose the game as the pitcher at that point, it's a hundred percent your fault. You know, like if you one hundred percent. And really, if they, if they score five in general, that's like the usually the the number that your team should be shooting for. And if you get there and we lose, it's the pitchers. You know, what I mean? right. it, it so turns into. So it's top into, of eight. Mm-hmm. So the, the Cardinals have two at bats left. So conceivably, there's yes, some time. Yeah, you can you can score five runs in in right two innings worth of at bats. But in a major league game, and I mean, I don't know the the roles of pitchers change all this the time. This game was not but, going the Cardinals' way at all no. from the jump. I mean, it was just yeah. it was over. If you got one guy as a closer in your pen that throws two good pitches, the game's done. Yep. So as to Okendo slapping him on the head, Clark said. Quote, I couldn't understand what that was about. Then I just went off, close quote. Of Smith whacking him from behind, Clark said, quote, it was a cheap shot. Was it? Cardinals, was it though? After the cheap slide? I don't know. Cardinals manager Whitey Herzog said, quote, any shortstop and second baseman would do the same. 100%. Yeah, there's no way around that. You lose by five, someone does some dumb shit. Yeah. Yeah. Ozzie Smith uh, was quite direct with radio's Mike Shannon of KMOX St. Louis, and the messaging was aimed directly at his teammates. Quote, it's become embarrassing. You have a guy like Will Clark. He's taking liberties. He's coming down to second base at Will, thinking nobody's going to do anything, doing whatever he wants to do out there. As a competitor, it's embarrassing for me. Sometimes you got to stand up and be a man. That's been part of our problem around here. Guys not taking the initiative to tell people that, hey, I'm not going to be bullied. I've never run from anybody. I've never been intimidated by anyone, and I'm not going to start now. As a team, we have to learn that if that's the way people want to play, that's the way we have to play, close quote. Oh, okay. So Ozzy had had enough yeah. of some perceived softness on his team. Which is an interesting angle for being a middle infielder. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and kind of a slight fella. I mean, he's right. you know he's a professional athlete. He's put together. Right. Uh, well, we know he up. can't land a punch. It's been proven. He can land a bat flip, but he, he can't can land, land a punch. A he can win thirteen goals. <laughs> thirteen gold gloves. He can land a baseball and yeah. a backflip. He picked he, the right sport. That's he did well. Yeah. Should not have boxing would have been terrible for Ozzie Smith. So Clark told reporters covering the Giants, quote, I thought Ozzie Smith had a little more class than to sucker punch somebody from behind. If you're going to whoop somebody, you might as well whoop them face to face, close quote. <laughs> it's funny how many times Typical about good this. old boy Louisiana bullshit right uh, there. Yeah, a very puffy, chesty, you know, yeah. angsty. Yeah. The, also, the, he's not standing here right now, so yeah, fuck him a lot. Right? <laughs> we get that a lot more modern day with the internet. Like they're yeah. trolling each other via, you know. Interviews. Oh yeah, it's a it's a Twitter beef. <laughs> Before Twitter beefs, yeah, you know, it used to take a couple days. Yeah, I act more like a man. Yeah, no, 
What did he say in the paper yesterday? <laughs> well, fuck him. What I'm going to say in the paper today that he'll read tomorrow is I'm a bitter man than he'll ever be. <laughs> right. I it guess w- it is the child, the kids game, you know? Yeah, we yeah. mentioned that too a lot. Well, I mean, we can't ever forget. We're doing, a, we're doing a podcast about professional baseball players that grown men playing a children's game, fighting each other about it. It's the best. I mean, I love our job, frankly. Right. Maybe they play too many games in a row. They like might that have, might be know, too much. You know, maybe 162, and then it's little, just, it's maybe you spread them out. I guess little. nowadays maybe it's maybe different. Maybe you have to play but... eight in a, in a week. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Bam. It was good, hard, aggressive baseball, Clark said of his slide. We're not necessarily enemies. We're simply matched well, and it seems like every game goes down to the wire, close quote. Uh, Cardinals manager Whitey Herzog said, I don't think the past rivalry has anything to do with it. I think the same thing would have happened if the umpires allowed that play at second base with another club. He slid 10 feet beyond the bag and trying to break up the double play. That was a bush play. That's what it was. Just rolled off the bag. <laughs> I just rolled off the bag. He just rolled off the took bag. Took a little nap next to Jose Akendo. These two guys I can't out. imagine what he's so sore about. <laughs> Does he not know what's on video? Does he not understand that video? Like, these games are publicized. We saw you, dude. As for pitcher Scott Terry, uh, who was the, the the fellow who threw the head shot yes. from the right side to the left side of Came the plate. Came in hot, the real unmistakable, hot. unmistakable. It's the best punch. This it. was at your... Yeah. yeah, the best punch of the fight was mm-hmm. thrown by a pitcher with a baseball, yeah. Terry said, quote, By no means was I trying to hit Aldretti. It was a purpose bullshit. pitch. 100% bullshit. Well, no, no, wait a minute. I think it was, I think he's right because it was a purpose pitch, he says. He knew it and I knew it. Oh, okay. The only way the club can protect itself is on the mound. So he was trying to buzz him. He wasn't trying to hit him as well. Like, and everybody knew he was going to buzz him, is his allegation. Right. So, so he's, he's half right. Okay. Like, I, I get that. If you didn't think that there was some high heat coming at your fucking tower. Yeah. During that situation, you kind of deserve to get beaned because mm-hmm. you're not paying. You don't know anything about baseball. Yeah, and he that could have come from the dugout too. We kind of talked about that a little bit. I feel oh, like absolutely. in the show, like you have to. I mean, there's fines out there for not throwing at guys. Last and, episode, yeah, there were three men thrown out of the game as yeah. managers in that because yeah, you, they kept ordering a you man to be hit. Yeah, what are you gonna do? It's part of the game. I mean, and, you, f- and they'll fine you. Yeah, for insubordination mm-hmm. and not tell the press what it's about, but they'll definitely tell the press you were fined a thousand dollars or whatever it was. Kangaroo court situation. Absolutely. It's not like an official. You didn't throw at that guy. Ten grand. Yeah, you're paying for your buddies to get drunk for a whole weekend. Is pretty much what's going on. Yeah, okay, that's actually a better way to look at it, yeah. which is not so bad. No. So he but says you might but, as well just throw at him anyway. <laughs> Let's get back right. to that. But so he says it was a purpose pitch. He knew it, and I knew it. The only way the club can protect itself is on the mound. We felt like the Giants were doing things they shouldn't be doing. We felt they had overstepped their bounds, and we were not going to accept that. The first thing is they're winning. Quote. <laughs> first thing they did that pissed us off was win the game. Yeah. We were real mad about that. No one liked that part. And then they were total dicks about it. <laughs> Why are you going to be dicks, Giants? Why are you sliding 10 feet past the bat? Giant dicks? Ha! See what I did there? <laughs> Use your name against you, you giant dicks. I was wondering where that name came from. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Umpire Dutch Rennert said Clark slide. Umpire this Dutch Rudder, is that what you just Dutch Rennert. Okay, that makes more sense. Uh, now, here's what he had to say about the slide. He said it was within the rules. Mm. Quote, <laughs> Clark didn't slide. Wait, who said this? The fucking second base umpire, Dutch Rennert. 
Look it up first. So you ready for this? And so, so the rule is specifically is you have to be able to still touch the bag. This is the official explanation from okay. Dutch. Clark didn't slide out of the baseline. He slid over the base. Straight and direct. Mm-hmm. A hard slide. Baseball can be a hard game, close quote. Thoughts? I don't dislike that quote. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like, you know, this is a man's game. This is what you chose to do kind of thing. But Especially it, at the time. It was a little bit more, you broke up double plays. That's just kind of how you did see, it. See, now, at the time, what you mean by at the time was 1988, right? Yeah. What I mean by at the time is fucking eighth inning, five-run lead. Knock it the fuck off, Will Clark. Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. But, they, you know, in the era, there was more, you know, hard plays that happened at second and obviously at home. That's, this is 1988. This is the yeah. era of the Detroit Pistons bad boys. We liked some bruising. <laughs> yeah, totally. We did like our bruising back then. Oh, yeah. We're a violent society. Oh, yeah. And we like a little violence in our non contest sports, Late 80s, early too. 90s. Yeah, there was a lot of concussions in football then. And definitely basketball-wise, we saw a lot of fucking fights and shit. For sure. As to Clark, uh, his final word on the whole situation was, quote, if I have the opportunity to do it again... <laughs> I'm going in there the same way, close quote. This was a precedence for the rest of the time this situation comes up. Cardinals first baseman Tom Pagnazzi felt a little differently, saying to the press, quote, Jose was doing what he's got to do, second baseman Jose Okendo, meaning. If Will Clark continues to slide like that, somebody will take care of him. It's just a matter of time. Take care of. Take care of him. <laughs> They're gonna, you know, tuck him into bed. It sounds like such a nice hit. little baba. <laughs> Burp him real good. Tuck him in. It's funny you saying this. Sing right now, a little too. lullaby to <laughs> Will Clark. <laughs> oh, let's sing him a lullaby. <laughs> well, you do have a red jumpsuit tracksuit on right now. I so do. you saying taking care of somebody right now is like it's got this very Russian hey, mob yeah. thing going on. Not sure what happened to Will Clark. He was here <laughs> ten minutes ago. Yeah. We were having drink a good time, talking about baseballs, doing wonderful <laughs> things with times and friends, and then he disappeared. We yeah. don't know what happened <laughs> to Will Clark. <laughs> Just got on a train, never came home. <laughs> I'm not sure whether to be thankful for or feel cheated by the fact that that was the final contest played between the Giants and Cardinals for the 1988 season, Travis. I do know that Kirk Gibson's drama for the Dodgers in the World Series would essentially erase all memories no of one previous remembers. dramas played out that year with one limpy swing. But for a hot second, the Cardinals and Giants were the hot goss boys of the hot, hot summer. I like it. Final fun fact, neither team has gone on to win the World Series after beating the other to get there. Huh, wow, okay. How about that little silent, weird, yeah, burgeoning, kind of always boiling right. nemesis thing working between the Cardinals and Giants that I'd never really thought of as a thing. Yeah, I mean, either. And I love those two teams historically. I've definitely yes. had those, both those hats growing up as a kid, you know, like... Definitely big Giants fan. I mean, you know, growing up in the Barry Bonds era, too, like, that's huge. And then McGuire obviously kind of put the Cardinals on the map when I was a kid, you know. So, but, yeah, both those eras are, both those teams are have a long history that I don't think come up enough, you know. Like, we talk about the Cubs, we talk about the Yankees and Sox and all that bullshit all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Cardinals, man, I've always dug that team. They've always been kind of, like, you know, they've had some good pitching, too, you know, like, definitely some guys in the pen. 
I've always looked at him as like our National League nemesis. And by by our, I, I remind our listeners yeah. that Travis and I are both uh, Detroit Tigers fans uh, from childhood yeah. on. And, I've never uh, thought of the like either of those teams as assholes, though. I mean, maybe San Fran a little bit more, just being a California team. But like, it's it's a funny rivalry that you don't think about a lot. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And they've just kind of it's and as Will Clark alluded to, it's like there's really nothing super historically like legacy yeah. nasty about it it's just that teams end up evenly matched a lot and in important situations together when you're seeing people in the playoffs a lot yeah. how can you not or on the way know? to them or well right. they're, they're in different divisions but you know uh especially at the time uh with realignment I, I i can't remember who's in what league anymore at the time the brewers are still in the american league right that makes sense i'm just kidding yeah it's they're, not they're, i do they're, know they're the brewers now. are the national league. they're so close to us though yeah they're <laughs> in milwaukee they gotta be in american league central right that's a thing isn't like it two chicago teams they're in different leagues why that's dumb <laughs> let them play each other new york has got you know it seems like they should play each other a lot <laughs> i don't know can you imagine they played each other a lot it'd be fucking mayhem man i bet you it turned into like a an inner city soccer fight you know like there'd be oh, there'd be some south siders coming up at i never and... even thought of it if like we're nine to like 12 games a year yeah yeah subway series the, and like fucking... yeah It'd be like the you know the movie The Warriors you know like they're just every showing year up. yeah <laughs> hey Southside yeah exactly you wanna come out to play <laughs> it's like the purge and the Cubs always lose <laughs> like, you know there's no way they could fight those dudes from the Southside man be... I don't know I'm rooting for the Northsiders <laughs> they're the original team man yeah they're the original team they just they're not as hardcore as those Southsiders I'm guessing plus I've watched a lot of White Sox teams that uh, it's Jim Tomey's fault why's that because he started beating us with the White Sox and then ended beating us with the Indians yeah okay and I don't like the Guardians damn it I said the I word yeah it's, that'll it's, be the last time on the program just, we haven't gentlemen. hit spring training yet so like you don't have any excuses in about a month that's true if there is a spring training uh, again, day 64 of the lockout as we're recording this. Yeah. I got inside Order. info, though. This puts everybody at, at ease. Ooh, wait. Travis, they were with supposed some to, breaking news. We're supposed to get done with this in just a couple weeks. I don't, that's that's what I've heard. But this is something from that works for the team as a scout. That's He's a major league scout for the Mets. But anyway, he's just like, oh, I should only take a little bit of time. Yeah. You know? mm. So, I don't know. I don't know who – like. I, I actually have to ask him, like, what side of the fence is he on? You know what I mean? Because he works for the organization, but he's not a player. Well, I can tell you this. Uh, we're going to do a little look into labor relations as a baseball altercation a little mm-hmm. later in the series. But I can definitely tell you this. The owners have decided to take the means of negotiation straight out of the means of production's hands by just locking them out. No chance of a strike if you can't come to work. Yeah, you, do. you don't actually work here. What are you talking about? Yeah, a strike? You can't strike. You're, you, none of you have a job right now. I don't know what you're talking about, strike. Silly. Baseball labor problems? Dumb. There's no baseball at all. Right. There's never been baseball. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably come from the players' union. And I actually could still be a part of the players' union if I still pay my dues. I just stopped paying my dues because I became a broke asshole that started working at breweries. Sure, so seven dollars yeah, yeah. a month somehow well, came. Yeah, but you're, you know, back to coaching baseball for a full time living. At but you can't, you can't jump back in. You have, to, you have to do it continuous. Oh, you had to keep your dues up. I had to keep my dues up. So those, oh. and yeah. So even if you're not playing in the major leagues, you can still be a part of the, you know. Professional baseball union. Oh, well, there we go. We've pulled a lesson for uh, the kids yeah. out of this episode. If you get to the major leagues at even the minor league the minor level, leagues. 
keep paying your you dues. Just pay your dues. They have cheap and you'll insurance get to for have you. Input on yeah. the owners being dicks to the I players. Yeah, I don't really even remember how much input you have. I don't remember if there's like votes or anything. This is 20 years ago for me at this point, or right. less than that. But it feels like at least two decades. So yeah, there's well, a of... it's been 50 years since the first labor stoppage, and ain't shit changed but the date. Oh yeah, exactly. We haven't figured this out. Travis, you know what I will figure it out? Another baseball altercation for us to talk about very soon here I love on that. Diamond Dust Ups. Until then, I'm Paul Gordon. I'm Travis Doyle. And you're out of here. Diamond Dust Ups is hosted by Travis Doyle and Paul Gordon. Original logo art by Dan the Soul Man Carter. Graphic design by Nate Abbott. Theme music performed by the Split Fingers. Jesse Morgan piano. Ross Huff trumpet. Lyrics by Paul Gordon. Vocals by Not Harry Carey. If you have a baseball altercation you'd like us to cover, email your suggestion to diamonddustups at gmail.com.